So everything always comes back to our closed loop system. Like we always look at where the waste is and where we feel that we can benefit from. Um, like we've developed a site where we basically wash everything that we, that we produce. There's so much waste in this industry and we, can, we have a solution here that we could easily duplicate over to a different, different market. This is The Summit by Fearless Adventures. I'm Dominic McGregor, and every week my co-founder David Nunes and I will be talking to inspirational leaders about their experiences as they strive towards their summit. Thanks everyone for joining us here at The Summit, Fearless Adventures podcast, where we talk to leaders and business owners from all over the UK about their inspiring journeys to their own personal summit. Today we're joined by Emma and Scott, who are part of the Phyllis Ventures team. They're from the Friendly Chemical Company, who also own the brand Minimal, and their closed loop uh, home uh, product system. So welcome, Emma and Scott. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. So Scott, Emma, talk to us about the real beginnings of Minimal and where it started. What was the motivation for kind of getting going and yeah, how that all began? So I guess something that um, quite a lot of people don't know is that, well, me and Scott met at university. Um, we actually met doing a marketing degree and we had to start a business and we like got put in the same group together. Um, and kind of a year, well, it was a year after you'd graduated and I'd just sort of graduated. We'd kind of said that we were like really desperate to start a business together. You were um, <clears throat> Yeah, we were, we were yeah, going yeah, out at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we actually started a business making boat cleaning products. Boat cleaning. Yeah, so we um, kind of wanted to go down that angle and doing cleaning products. Quickly realised that... The market wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really <laughs> niche idea. <laughs> Literally. What it did teach us though was that we had other, we had hand soap and we had a washing up liquid within that range and then we had like a local zero waste shop that was just based in our little village where we lived um, and then we started selling it to that shop and then she was realising that the containers that she was refilling from, from her current supplier, wasn't, they weren't being refilled and reused. So we um, we started making our washing up liquid and, and hand soap in our in our garage at home using like a paint mixer and a two hundred litre drum. It was quite budget, <laughs> um, and then we would basically deliver the two the, tw the twenty litre jerry can to this zero waste shop, and then we would take it back, clean it in the sink, and then fill it back up again, and just kind of just grew. Really yeah, quickly, and then word it? really kind of got around with the local refill shops in the area, um, and then it really grew from there. We got ourselves a really small warehouse um, about 20 minutes from us um, and it was literally at that time just me and Scott doing absolutely everything for a good sort of six months or so and then got a few team members and it's just sort of grown from there really. How did you decide who was going to do what obviously was it back at like when you're at university you know, <laughs> you do this side, that side. Oh, you know how did you decide in that situation who was going to take responsibility for what? I guess it was probably just like whoever could muck in really and get yeah. it done. It was like, uh, obviously I was doing a lot of the delivering, a lot of the filling at the time. I, well, I was doing quite a bit of the delivering. My, I, had like a little, <laughs> I had like a little polo um, and I'd like fill it as, as full as I can with like 20 litre jerry cans. I remember the one time I was like, like driving up this hill and it was like scraping. Like, <laughs> I was like driving to a refill shop. Yeah, it, was, it just kind of just grew really quickly. And we, within that space of a year, we took on like, was it? like a thousand shops in like yeah. a year yeah. and that was just like word of mouth and then we thought well how do we actually make this into something more mainstream and that's when we basically started to brand it all up and make it look minimal and trying to go down the route of all our pa all our packaging's reusable not just the 20 litres like the 500ml bottles like your, your tiny little bottles mm -hmm. things like that. So tell me through that that 
kind of that year, there must have been a moment when you looked at each other and went, this is something. Yeah. Where, do you remember, do you have a, do you have a, you might have different ones. <laughs> yeah, I remember working out actually, we were like, well, if we kept these 20 shops on, you know, that, that's an extra maybe 20 grand, uh, 20 grand a month. And then we yeah. were sort of thinking, when we did the old business, it was like, that would take us ages to earn £100 doing yeah. that. I think for me, it was kind of um, when, like, a friend was in London or something and said, I've seen Minimal in, like, a local refill shop. Oh, wow. And I was like, no way. And then I think you were you were at a restaurant and you saw someone using, like, one of hand our hand sanitizers in the restaurant. I think it's still now, like, when someone says they've seen the brand out and about in the wild, it feels like that's the kind of a moment where you're like, oh, we've, we've actually created something here. So what's your vision for the business? What are you trying to achieve? What is the summit? What, rather than your personal summit, what do you think the business's summit is to start with? I think for us, it's um, going from that transition of making zero waste refillable products rather than just a niche and turning it into like more mainstream where you can't, you know, it's not just like certain sort of like smaller independents that are doing it, like sort of larger businesses are starting to get on, on track with this this movement I guess. Yeah we always sort of say like to be the go-to zero waste brand and be kind of well known across all households in the UK. Fantastic and what you know as a business what are your core values and principles then that drive that? Like what are the non-negotiables? I guess we try to be very forward-thinking like we're always thinking of the next idea I guess that's probably one of our biggest values. Um, sustainability is obviously at the core of everything we do. Was that by chance or was it, is that kind of something that's innate within both of you? I think that's probably innate within both of us. We were both very aware of that sort of movement even when we first met each other. Refill shops back then weren't really as big as they are now, um, but it was something that we've both always been pretty aware of. <laughs> was the business you created at university in the space? What was no, it? No, it was... Um, it was a kid's drink, wasn't it? Yeah, it was super fruit. Super, super fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you didn't want to pursue it? No. <laughs> so your personal journey, you've, you obviously, the business has grown rapidly. You know, you've been through a number of kind of phases. You've obviously got a team. I mean, how big is the team now? It's about 32, 30, isn't it? Yeah. How have you kind of dealt with that? I think it's, it's sort of becoming a leader, really. Um, and how, how does how's that worked out for you? Or still, I yeah. it's early still days. Still yeah. I feel like that's probably the hardest part of everything that we've done. Like we've had so many nights where we've stayed up till two in the morning trying to get orders out the door. But the hardest thing I've done is probably be try to become a manager because I've got no experience. Pretty much every single one of our members of staff is older than us. We've just had to sort of learn as we go. Yeah. What do you think has been the biggest challenge that part? You know, is it? Telling people what to do, is it? Telling yeah. people off, really, because yeah. that doesn't come naturally to me at all. Like, I'm quite easygoing with that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm always like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think we've definitely become a lot more serious uh, recently. Yeah, we've learned that you have to kind of be quite clear mm. with your rules and things like that with the staff, which has been a pretty big learning curve. So you're in this um, almost like personal growth periods a little bit, you know, where you're figuring out about yourselves and you're figuring out about everything in life because you know you've you've grown you grew, as a business grow you guys have got to kind of grow and keep a hold of it mm -hmm. um does that scare you about the future about you know setting around thinking where the business could go and then where you have to go as individuals to achieve that i don't think it's well i can't speak for you but it doesn't really scare me like i think also me and scott being together we 
you don't often get scared about things like say if you're going into a meeting that you're a bit nervous about like you've always got that other person next to you and you mm. kind of like make sure each other <laughs> isn't scared <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you actually speak about that do you say would you say that yeah i would genuinely say doing it with someone like that you live with or that you're so close with it means that you don't, i don't really i'm more excited about where we can take the business rather than like worried about how i'm going to adapt to it i guess we never really have a proper we don't really have proper meetings because it's always just random scenarios where you'd be walking taking the dog out be like oh do you remember what that uh, thing said or yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you're in skipton a lovely part of the world i mean you've hired lots of people would you say that being in skipton has been like a a positive to your business or has it hindered you or how yeah. do you think about that? It's allowed us to do things that we we're in a tiny little space before that we had yeah. took us an hour to empty it and an hour to fill it back wow. up at the end of the day. <laughs> um, so like having this bigger space has allowed us to control our manufacturing, yeah. like have a, different areas for different, just basically become a more corporate business and yeah. I guess expand yeah. it overall. Where the business is based it's quite a there's a lot of manufacturing businesses. That's kind of what the area is known for. So whilst it's not a really creative hub and environment like it is at Fearless, it serves a purpose and a lot of other businesses around us are doing very similar things, well, in terms of manufacturing. And you're from there, are you? Yeah, so I'm from Leeds, which yeah. is a little bit further away. Yeah, 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 stay close to home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and obviously um, it makes you more agile versus competitors, doesn't it? Because um, you've got the office, the manufacturing, all in one place. Mm. And how have you found that kind of um, going into new ideas or um, trying to grow the business? Has that kind of been a big advantage? I mean, from like a new product development point of view, we're, we're really agile. It's, there's not many businesses that are our size that are doing everything under one roof. It allows us to, you know, if we want to launch a new product, we'll, we'll launch that new product. And we don't have to have thousands of MOQs to hit, hit it. We'll just order what we need and then we'll make it and then we'll fill it and then it's... I guess it's, it yeah. makes flexibility our key driver, really. I'd say the agility side of the business has probably been one of the main reasons why we've managed to kind of grow so quickly because we can adapt so quickly to anything new that we want to launch. Or um, yeah. And there's not loads of stages of approval like you might get in a bigger business. Since you set off on that journey after leaving university, you said you wanted to do a business and you tried, you tried the boat space. So not, obviously not all been straight line was there a moment when you kind of said this isn't going to work or we should pack it in how close did you get to that point yeah maybe when you sort of like no, uh, as, as each other <laughs> single digits in the bank account is usually the what what can you do with this but um i think the i guess the pivotal point is probably when we actually launched the minimal brand um that just became like a, a serious thing straight away didn't it yeah, and sort of moments where it's like two in the morning and we've made a, a mistake on a product. Uh, for example, the, with it being like such new processes in the warehouse, we get sometimes, well, back in the day, we had a few instances where staff had labelled the product wrong or um, filled the product with like the wrong liquid. And the only person that can rectify that is myself and Scott. So there have been times where we've stayed up, literally done a 24-hour stint to get an order out the door and I'm like this is literally not worth it all my friends are like living like such nice lives on the salary like they go home and they don't have to think about work and this is what I'm doing so yeah that was a particularly bad evening actually no I don't remember when that was actually but we used to you have to use a hairdryer to get all the labels off the bottles <laughs> so like everyone's yeah. like drying it and like peel oh, the labels <laughs> off <laughs> Because you're trying to keep the labels as well. 
Well, no, because we want we didn't want to reuse the the bottle, so I had to put another label on it. We talk about a lot about the business, but what about you? What is your drive, and why are you why are you doing what you're doing? What is it behind your ambition? My mum was always worked quite hard, like being like a hairdresser and things. So I always remember getting up at like five a.m. and like you know every single day. So I guess that's probably a driver from my point of view. Yeah, I get, uh, for me, I've also well, both my parents were um, quite successful entrepreneurs both my brothers have businesses so I kind of knew that was what I wanted to do aside from that I think when you work for yourself it's there's like there's no limits on what you can achieve like every day is different you can kind of forge your own career and like your own path in life and I think that's what sort of motivates me to sort of do things differently and kind of go against the grain of what everyone else is doing and how important then is it to have those 2am in the morning moments well, to appreciate yeah, yeah and you know there's a lot of kind of talk around entrepreneurship culture at the moment you know and everyone sees the kind of glorified top of it they don't see the 2am sites so how, how important yeah. are they on that journey well yeah because it makes you appreciate every single sale that you get um if you've like done really long slogs of working till 2am in the morning it it makes it all worth it really mm. Especially like when we, when you're selling like things like the end and end customer, for example, like we have quite a lot of customers that will spend. You know, average orders might be 150 pounds. You think, how is someone spending that much money on like products that we've created, like yeah. for the home? It's just. What's the one thing that's going to stop you reaching the summit? I don't know really. I don't think they're probably winning <laughs> no. anything. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's got an answer. No, I, d- I don't know what, what. I mean, yeah, we're not going to pack it in when we've done those really hard nights and no, those no. long hours. Nothing. Nothing, yeah. Nothing's going to stop you. No. And what are you no. most proud of? Probably developing a manufacturing facility in the space that we've done it in. Um, there's only like... With no experience. Yeah, with no experience. There's only other two competitors that we know of in our in our current market, and they've been going since like the 70s or 80s, and we've developed it in probably, well, like a year or two. Yeah. I guess it, it kind of feels like it, we've not even really like scratched the surface of what we want to achieve. Like... We're literally sat opposite like, two amazing entrepreneurs and you guys are asking us about <laughs> what, what we've done. Like, I feel like we've got so much further to kind of go in the journey and um, I guess that's what sort of keeps us going. Yeah. So nothing's going to stop you reaching the top. And obviously, you know, you've got one brand at the moment, Minimal. We've spoken about the manufacturing capabilities to make you guys agile and nimble and be able to react. How do you get inspired to start something new, where do those ideas come from? And how do you kind of learn and look at what you're gonna do in the future and keep that kind of like desire to go forward? I guess everything always comes back to our closed loop system. Like we always look at where the waste is and where we feel that we can benefit from. Um, like we've developed a site where we basically wash everything that we, that we produce. Um, so I guess we just look at different waste areas and we think, well, this is a huge opportunity here because mm-hmm. there's so much waste in this industry. And we can we have a solution here that we could easily duplicate over to a different different market. Yeah, and then in terms of sort of learning the new skills, um, I don't think Scott and I really think too much in terms of like oh we need to learn a new skill. We've got an idea, and if, mm. if like we'll find a way to do it somehow. Um, tr- like picking things up yeah. is quite easy for us. I feel like we don't put too much thought into like Who's making mistakes. 
I'd say Scott, but I, I don't think I think we're both quite daring yeah. people. I always say like your dad's Yorkshire accent in the back of my head, saying like you're either a, a thinker or a doer. Yeah, <laughs> sounds big saying, isn't it? Yeah, you're either a doer or a thinker, and he's like, Emma, do not be a thinker. I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> so you're a doer. And you're a doer. Yeah. yeah. So how do you find time to think? Yeah. We well, don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it after. Yeah, I guess that's been probably a key part to our success is trying new things and pivot where, where we can. I mean, you can't do that in when we're getting a lot bigger now. No. In the early days, we'd launch something and then if it didn't do well, we'd pivot into something else. Like failing fast in a yeah. way. If you make a mistake, like we'll try and rectify that quickly, but try not to dwell too much on the mistakes yeah. you've made and just look forward to the next thing. What's your favourite mistake? Probably uh, launching the, the boat cleaning range. That was probably a, a <laughs> yeah. bad time in my life. Whose idea was that? You got to no, I not ask you to point fingers. <laughs> it's probably on. mine. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say. <laughs> so you came with the idea of boat cleaners, and Emma said, "No, yeah. I'll do domestic homeware." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, because like we had no interest in boats. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one where you got learned the most from? Maybe one of the things that we did was launch some of our formulations too quickly at the very start. And with some of our very early customers, we had a few complaints. So from that perspective, doing things a tiny bit too quickly. Um, so maybe that taught us to slow down in terms of, it, especially when it comes to your product, like thinking of new ideas, like we can do quite quickly. But when it comes to the actual product, yeah, you have to put that first mm. and make sure that's absolutely spot on because that's like the core of the business. And if we don't have a good product, we're not going to keep any customers on board. And then I guess we've been really lucky with that as well because th those those customers that were buying from us at the time, they were we had really friendly relationships with those individuals, um, stockists and things, and they were they were great throughout that process. But obviously, we know we impacted them quite a lot with mm -hmm. what we did as well. But. Yeah, we've be, we've been quite lucky that our first customers have all been very small independents because I think they're a lot more understanding of your mistakes. But now that we're bigger, there's there's no room for that type of thing. The growth team you're going through is really interesting. You start with the independence, you're mm. building relationships that matter, and then you'll move into larger retail opportunities later. You know, a lot of startups that have a physical product, their yeah. ambition is, oh, how do I get my products placed in Tesco's? And there's almost, you know, they're obsessive about it. Yeah. You're sort of much more of a grassroots kind of growth strategy. Yeah, we never wanted to sort of aim for the big players at first. It's been able to pivot on performance of the products by their early sort of advice as well. Yeah, we? we're constantly kind of putting those independents at the forefront, like getting feedback and um, doing focus groups with them and um, doing polls on like product launch and things like that. So they've been a pretty big key to our growth. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, as a, as a company, you're really doing a lot of different stuff. So you've, you're developing a brand, you're developing products, you're building a team, you've got a manufacturing facility, whose logistics sort of approach, and then you read the whole kind of reuse of the products. Yeah. Like, you're almost doing everything, and mm. you're such a small business. I mean, how do you how do, you do that? Yeah, it's not too hard, <laughs> actually. Um, figure out and make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess with that, I guess it's just, um, I mean, we're getting to the stage now where we're starting to delegate a lot of things out into other, into other areas of the team. But beforehand, it just, things just take a lot longer to get done when you're having to do it all, all, all yourself, aren't you? But do you think in hindsight that's been a positive for the business or a yeah. negative? Yeah, because it's allowed us, you know, like we've filled, you know, we've, we've sat there for, you know, hours and then filling bottles. We know how long every bottle You've takes to every fill. Job in the company. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like we've just started, we've got loads of investment to start with and then we've hired loads of people and then we don't know what everyone else does. I think also the staff that have been 
there from the start, like remember us literally being in the warehouse filling with them. So they probably appreciate that as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah, a shared, a shared yeah. kind of appreciation. And yeah. we do, what, we do, what, we still do that quite a bit. We will obviously go down and we still like fill bottles and things just to keep the momentum and morale of the team high. So we're on a big journey, you know, we're, we're doing the journey together. And that's the exciting thing. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're very proud to be alongside you. I guess we're, yeah, we obviously, you know, we're going to stay yeah. close and we, uh, we wish you the best and it's, it's super exciting for the business, but for you personally, you know, yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching like lives grow together. It's going to be very exciting. Well, the start of this, I mean, the journey with Fearless so far has been a huge success in the last six months. We've seen huge increases in sales, like engagement and things, so. Yeah. Not paid for. No, <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah. Not gifted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. like really excited to be on the journey with yeah. you guys, so. Where it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a really journey. Good fun. Well, thank you very much for coming. Uh, thank in. you no, guys. Thank you very much, guys, for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Don't forget to like, share, and comment on the podcast. And if you've got any guests that you think would be super interesting to hear about their summit or their, their experience in growing a business or doing something crazy in the world, let us know. And um, your recommendations will be listened to.